you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves, so we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. What is up? Welcome to another edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside the Fantasy Hall of Famer, Michael Fabiano, and the Fantasy Viper, Graham Barfield. And, man, a lot of things happen in the playoffs that uh, I don't know that we anticipated happening. Yeah, it's a fun time of year. It's a fun time of year. Not not if you're a Ravens fan. (laughs) Well, no, not so much. My, My playoff challenge team, I mean, it it went to absolute hell yeah. because oh, it's I had so many Ravens, you know, I, I went, had Jackson. I, I mean, he had a huge game. Ingram didn't do anything. Tucker didn't do anything. The Ravens defense didn't do anything. Yeah, on that note, I wonder how many people, if they filled out like a Super Bowl bracket, right? Yeah. I wonder how many people had the Ravens. It had to be over 50%. Oh, I think so. Yeah. I think most people did. I, mean, I had said last week that nightmare. I thought the Titans were going to yeah. give them a run. I didn't think they'd win the game, but now... Oh boy! But I mean, going up against the Chiefs, we got to talk about that game too. That was bananas. That yeah. was bananas. That was man. 
I was saying it, it for a while. It felt like an NBA game. We had one team kind of go on a big run. You know, yeah. another team go on a bigger run. Normally, uh, when you're down twenty four nothing in the NFL, you're done. It's kind of a wrap. Not I, when you have Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember they scored a touchdown on seven straight possessions. Yep. Yep. I remember uh, back, I think it was like 95, Cowboys, 49ers, NFC Championship game. The Cowboys were down 21 nothing. I was like, oh, this game's over. It, and the Niners eventually won the game 38-28. But not, not, not when you're at Arrowhead Stadium with Patrick Mahomes yeah. slinging it, apparently, in Houston's defense, dude, dude. How demoralizing does it have to be to be up 24 to nothing? And be losing at halftime. They run by you like you're standing still. Wow. Uh, I thought the, the te- most telling thing from that game was the uh, the Chiefs posting on the scoreboard that they have run out of fireworks ah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because they shot off so many over the course of the game. They had no more fireworks to shoot. un believable. That's incredible. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk some more about uh, there has been another head coach hired. We'll talk about that. A couple of assistant coaches either getting hired or close to being hired. Uh, some of that stuff. Plus... Whether or not what happens in the NFL playoffs makes you think twice or get more excited about drafting a player in fantasy the following year. I also talked to some guys that uh, maybe weren't great last year and whether or not that's their new reality or if maybe that was just a, a mirage. But before we do all that, go behind the glass, talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy, hey. Esquire. Murph, what's up? Just to you know, add about the crazy weekend, I mean, with Mahomes specifically, I mean, if you're playing Madden, they were 21, then he found a way to come back and win that game and no one else could ever use, like, oh, he he's like a video game player. Like, that is specifically just for Patrick Mahomes. And yes. like, he, it's just so easy to like him. I get if you're in a, an AFC West, uh, you know, rival team you can't like him but you know as a Giants fan I have no problem rooting for him he's just it's just amazing to watch and that made this weekend of football I mean the Titans upset was kind of fun but I mean the the Chiefs comeback was just an other level it was insane it was yeah I'm kind of rooting for the Titans I don't know I just I I like the underdog when my team's out I like to root for the underdog I get that if I could go if I had to pick though uh if it's not the Titans Joe Montana Bowl the uh, Niners and Chiefs, yeah. Joe Montana. I think that's what we're turning towards at this point. It's Niners Chiefs are probably the most most but popular pick. What this do we week. really know? I yeah, mean, exactly. the Ravens got beat at home by it's Tennessee. A, yeah, it's a fair point. <laughs> you know, so um, I was watching that watching that game. I was just thinking, like, Patrick Mahomes has got to be the most physically gifted quarterback ever, right? I mean, just the things that he can do in terms of <laughs> it's not easy only for him. It's yeah. too easy. It, it is too easy. Yeah. Like some of the, you know, the twenty plus yards throw. I mean, they get the ball at the twenty five and they'd be immediately across, you know, midfield. Um, just the things that he can do, not only in the pocket, but just like extending the pocket. And man, well, and then it's he, just it's 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 every single week with him. And then he ran for fifty yards yesterday yeah. on top of it yeah. too. So that's like a that's a wrinkle that he normally doesn't show in his game a lot. Yeah. Doesn't have to, but he did yesterday. Right. I mean, they they got down twenty four to nothing on that next possession. You could just tell. I mean, they were they were locked in. They, were, <laughs> they knew they needed to score, and, and Mahomes and Kelsey just put that team on their back. Well, I mean, it also was sort of weird how it happened. I mean, it know, was. You had the one drive early by Houston, then what, a blocked block punt, punt for a touchdown. Then a muffed punt, yep. let it set up a short field, and so just like that, it was quick. And by the way, I mean, Bill O'Brien, uh, he had a chance there. They were four, it was fourth and one. It looked like they were going to go I for it. I thought they were going to go for it. Should have gone for it. Could have potentially, you know, I wouldn't say put the game away, but definitely would have been, been it would have Man. been four scores if they could have gotten right. you know, gotten up 28 nothing there, and that would have maybe made some of the difference, but it ended up not matter. I just think, I think, psychologically it makes a difference you know if yeah. you're up 28 nothing you you scored a couple times you just feel like you you're dominating the game and you know I, look when you give up 41 straight points you can't just say it was, <laughs> you can't say it's one play that no. did it but you do feel like man after that timeout it just 
I don't know, maybe the Chiefs just kind of breathed a sigh of relief and felt like, all right, let's let's get it back together again. So. Yeah, the, the Texans have sort of become that team that's that's just good enough to get beat in the divisional round every single season. Yeah, I mean, look, real talk, they probably shouldn't have got past the Bills. No. They should have lost no, the Bills. No, they should have lost that game round. to the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, they were down 16 nothing. and had the Bills f- sort of, you know, tightened yeah, up. Bills had four field goals in that game, mm-hmm. and two of those should have yeah. probably turned into touchdowns. Yeah. So maybe it was maybe it was fitting that they got knocked out just the way it happened was crazy man yeah uh all right that's enough of that let's do some news Well, we do have the final head coaching vacancy filled. The Cleveland Browns are hiring Kevin Stefanski as their next head coach. They pretty much made the move. I mean, the the Vikings hadn't even finished the postmortem on their loss to the 49ers when the Browns pulled the trigger on Kevin Stefanski as taking over. Uh, I know it, the the reaction to it has been mixed. I mean, I know some people are saying that, you know, hey, this you – know, the track record is such that it, it makes sense. There are some people who are saying, well, you know, they got stopped by the 49ers, and I don't know why you're doing this so quick. I don't know. I, I, are, do either of you have a strong reaction one way or another to Kevin Stefanski? I mean, if I'm a Browns fan, I'm kind of like, Bleh. Yeah. That's uh, that's sort which, of my reaction. Which is sort of the reaction of noted Browns fan and ATN uh, all-star uh, Mark Sessler. Right. He yeah. was sort of like, eh. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, you know, when the Cowboys got McCarthy, I'm like, oh, OK. Yeah. I mean, the guys had success in the NFL and uh, should help take the team to the next level. Stefanski's kind of like just another one in a long line of like young offensive minds that NFL teams are hiring, hoping that they you know catch lightning in a bottle. I'm in the, I'm in the same boat. It's kind of a bleh hire for sure. But at the same time, like this is great for Nick Chubb. Right. Well, I mean, uh, for uh, fantasy, let's is cream hung at me on the team. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, we'll see. Right. We'll see where Kareem Hunt's at. But, I mean, Stefanski is just – I mean, he – It is great for Nick Chubb, yeah. assuming – boy, uh, Kareem well, Hunt. I mean, they designed know. a fantastic – how, how can he not – he's got to go someplace yeah. and be a future I would think, back. I would he's think too good. I would think he's he's gonna, too good to yeah. be playing second fiddle. Yeah, I agree with as that. As much I mean, of a dope as he is yeah, off the field or has been. Yeah, right. He's an unrestricted free agent. Stefanski designed just an incredible run game around Dalvin Cook. And if you know Kareem Hunt's not there, Nick Chubb, man. Right. Is he top five? Without, he's pretty damn close. Without he's yeah. right yeah, without without Kareem without Hunt, Hunt probably. Yeah, right. I mean, he's right there with I Derrick mean, Henry, right? Yeah. You got to think so. He was he was a top five running back before Kareem Hunt right. came back and started kind of because because he'll catch the football. He he didn't right. catch the football yeah. nearly as much when Hunt came back, and so he can go back to that. Um, you know, once he averaged over twenty two touches a game, one hundred twenty and a half scrimmage yards a game, scored six touchdowns without Kareem Hunt. And those numbers all went down right. uh, once Kareem Hunt so came off suspension. There was a report that came out last night that the Browns are basically down to McDaniels and Stefanski, which everyone expected. But mm-hmm. I, I guess the Browns and McDaniels were pretty far apart in terms of philosophy. I, I read where McDaniels wanted to kind of – He wanted to like overhaul yeah, everything. Yeah, he wanted to overhaul everything and basically mm-hmm. build the offense around Beckham in the pass game in Mayfield, whereas Stefanski said, no, I want to you know, kind of take what I've learned from the Vikings and build around the run, which makes – some sense, I guess, based on what we've seen from the NFL playoffs. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think we all know in this room, you got to pass to win. It'll be interesting to see what Stefanski can do uh, with these you know, two great receivers in Chubb next year. So, right, you guys both said, hey, this is good. This is good news for Nick Chubb. Neither one of you mentioned the name Baker Mayfield, yeah. um, who obviously you know, goes without saying was a huge disappointment this season. Um, he is, for all intents and purposes, I mean, he 
was drafted to be the centerpiece of this team, right? He was the number one overall pick. He was the guy that was going to be the – he was the guy that was going to eradicate that jersey that we keep seeing on social media with all the names crossed out <laughs> and added to the bottom. Yeah. It doesn't sound like anybody's super optimistic about what Stefanski means for Baker Mayfield. Maybe that's because Kirk Cousins was you know, fairly average. Yeah. Well, uh, Cousins was up and down. I mean, he started off statistically really doing nothing because they were just running the ball like crazy. And then sort of things got balanced off as we got into the middle of the season where Cousins was a pretty reliable fantasy quarterback. You know, Cousins completed what 62% of his passes outside the pocket. Uh, Mayfield was only 36%, so maybe Stefanski could help him there. And Kirk Cousins was also, he was pretty effective in play action as well. Maybe that is another avenue uh, that that Stefanski is going to bring Mayfield down and improve him uh, as a quarterback here in, in the NFL. Where's where's Mayfield? Mayfield is now just like a late round pick, right? Of course. Like, yeah. now, he's yeah. just late round yeah. QB2. I, mean, I, I, I think he'll He'll probably go undrafted in a lot of leagues. I, wow. I think he will, too, just because we are expecting the Browns to be very run heavy. Yeah. You know, there should not be a lot of pass volume. I wonder if there's been like, uh, I mean, obviously, like in the industry, we've seen guys that everyone is pumped up and they've, you know, they tanked Cordero, Cordero Patterson's like one of the guys that comes to mind. But I mean, Mayfield went from everyone just all over him as a top five fantasy quarterback to maybe not being drafted the following season. Yeah. That is a huge change. Yeah. For the for the worse. That's for sure. Man, no doubt. Um couple of assistant coaching news items. Uh, the Broncos, uh, they fired their offensive coordinator, Rick Scangarello, and it appears they are going to replace him with Pat Shermer. So something about, you know, former Viking assistant coaches. I know, right? uh, Broncos love it. Right? He's getting jobs. Um it's no offense season, guys. That's what I would think, yeah. right? No offense. You season. would think so. Um yeah. I mean, does this get you more excited about Drew Locke potentially for next year? More or less? About I didn't the see same? enough of him. I mean, you know, he, how many games did he start? Three or four? I mean, I didn't really get, uh, I didn't really get too much of sort of a feeling about I him. Mean, I think I looked. They were the the Broncos were four and one. I think he started five games. I think they were four and one with him as a starter. But I don't know that you can say that you know. If any of if any of those four wins were necessarily attributed to things that he did, right? Directly. Exactly. Right. It was the, the the Texans game where he had, I believe, it was a pretty yeah, he had, decent, he had a pretty decent yards, stat line right, yeah. against the Texans. But other than that, I mean, he was it was all right. I mean, we'll see. John Elway doesn't have the best track record of uh, you know bringing in quarterbacks and not. having them thrive uh, as a you know as a guy in the front office. So. We'll see what happens. But, I mean, Drew Locke's not going to get drafted in in fantasy next season. Uh, But you guys mentioned it, right? Noah Fant, boom. And the players that people are going to be focusing on fantasy that are uh, wearing the orange are, you know, Corlin Sutton. Is he going to end up being a top 10 wide receiver next year? What are they going to do with the backfield? The backfield was very frustrating this year. It was uh, two seasons ago in in Lindsey's first year. He was tremendous. And, you know, this past season – he, he ended up being the guy down the stretch, but even against good matchups, he was not putting up great numbers. Yeah, he had one long stretch where he just didn't do much. Yeah, so we'll, we'll see, but I, I think you guys are right with Fant. He's going to end up being one of the more popular sleepers of 2020. Uh, the Rams are hiring an offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Connell, who had been in Washington. He's going to come to L.A. now and be the O.C. Uh, a lot of it had to do with people saying that maybe Sean McVay was spread too thin because the Rams did not have an actual offensive coordinator this past season, although I don't know, Graham. I feel like this is more of a figurehead role that yeah, somehow Mc, McVay's not taking his hands off this offense. No, he's not. McVay's never going to relinquish uh, relinquish all the control here around the game plan and, and the personnel. Even, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know if for fantasy if this matters too much, but you know, a little additional help from McVay would would probably be a good thing because I think this year he was 
you know, I won't say in over his head. It's just the, the Rams did some weird things this year with their personnel. They right. sat Cooper Cup basically one week. They kind of had to mix in and mix and match some guys at tight end because of injuries and whatever. And, uh, you know, their offensive line really for, for this offseason, I think their O-line is the biggest concern here because Goff, you know, Goff is sort of like Kirk Cousins in a sense. It's like, you know, when he's, when he's pressured and has to make a play outside of, you know, outside of the pocket, he's just very, very limited. So this, this offseason for me for the Rams is all about what they do on the O-line. That, that quarterback position is going to be shuffled so much compared to what a lot of us did in terms of the rankings heading into 2019. You know, Goff was a top 10 guy. Mayfield was a top five guy. You're going to see a lot of changes, man. And, and, and one thing that's exciting for me is that we are going to see a lot of young running backs who can run with the football uh, near the top of that draft list led by Lamar Jackson next season. That's going to be a lot of fun. And now we're starting to see, you know, the end of our heroes, right? Tom Brady is no longer maybe even draftable at this point. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that people will draft, but he's not going to be a top 10 quarterback next season, uh, finished ninth this year, but he was bad more than he was good from a fantasy perspective. So it's going to be very interesting to see where some of these young quarterbacks go and where they fall and Goff being one of them because he's no longer a top 10 option. Uh, well, Let's talk about the quarterback right. position. Right. An, an, an old man here. Sean Payton says he expects Drew Brees will be back next season. There was talk that maybe he would retire and, and move into the TV booth, uh, which, by the way, apparently Tony Romo is getting a dump truck of money thrown at him. <laughs> the from, Brink, uh, the Brink's night truck. Night football? Is he going to yeah, go to Monday Night Football? Apparently. The Brink's truck is literally going to his house right yes. now. I mean, as we, speak. as we speak, it is backing up in his driveway. I believe, uh, <laughs> what is it, 14 million, something I like saw that? a range of 10 to 15 million wow. per year. I wonder what CBS would do now because I, Jim is a good friend of mine. Obviously, and like the whole thing with Phil, you know that that was a little awkward. Yeah, because they kind of <laughs> pushed Phil off and brought Tony in, and now if Tony goes to Monday Night Football, ESP, uh, CBS has that opening now, and I wonder if they would bring Phil back or. I mean, we'll yeah, see. We'll, we'll see. see what happens. But Romo's excellent, dude. I mean, that guy. He's fun. He he is every bit as good uh, in the booth as he was uh, on the field. So that, means Cow- so that means Cowboys fans are underestimating him and don't, and don't love him. <laughs> no, They're not going to love him until he's gone. And as long else. as they don't let him handle a snap in Seattle <laughs> for a field goal um, attempt in the booth, he'll be fine. But uh, so Drew Brees, though, he will be back, according to Sean Payton, next year. Uh, he had a, a decent finish to the season. No, it was more than decent. Uh, it was more than he, he scored 91.2 fantasy points during the fantasy playoffs. That's the most by any quarterback in the Super Bowl era. So. And I'm looking at his numbers, and you know he had a, he had a number of 20 point games. Had a couple of you know look, week 13 against Atlanta, not great. He gave you 11 points. He actually had a negative game uh, in week two against the Rams. I remember that one. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, what he had, what he had 11 points against the Falcons. Actually, so while wow, the the Falcons shut Atlanta. him down twice, Atlanta, is, I right? Know, I don't get yeah, it. which is weird, right? Because their defense wasn't all that good. It Was bad, but, but they twice, shut him down twice. In three weeks, I think it was yeah. something like that. Three, four weeks, yeah. Um, I mean, so I mean, how do we feel, man? Is is Breeze, because, look, he finished as the quarterback 21, but a lot of that, he missed a long stretch of the season, so there were a number of weeks where he just wasn't available to you. Do we think he has enough when healthy to get, you know, if he gets through 15, 16 games, can he be a top 10 quarterback again next year? Would we draft him as a top 10 quarterback? I think he year? probably will yeah. be just because name value and he finished strong. And he's got this guy, Michael Thomas, is pretty good. Yeah, back, I think back half of the top 10. Uh, but in, right, you, know, you, mentioned, right. you mentioned he finished cumulatively as the QB 21, but in points mm-hmm. per game, he was still the QB 5 right behind right. Sean yeah. Watson. Yep. Uh, right in the range of Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he was an elite fantasy quarterback this year, and that's even with that one game where he got hurt against the Rams. So, yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas is back, and 
and you know if they bring a you know bring in one more receiver, I, feel I think like they will. They, they've got to. They've right. got to bring in an additional guy to to kind of maybe stretch the field a little bit. This receiver class for for the you know this incoming rookie class is just really chock good. full of really good rookies. It'll be interesting to see what Peyton does. Uh, uh, opposite of uh, Michael Thomas here. Yeah, so uh, keep an eye on that. It'll be interesting when we get to drafts. I think, you know, I, I know this past season people were sort of fading Drew Brees. And he's going to be a late round pick. He'll be a late round pick. He's not. He's not the. I, you know, I, I think really the lesson that everybody learned this year is you, if you're drafting a quarterback early in fantasy or in, at least in the mid rounds, they've got to have some sort of rushing upside. They have know, to. They have to. It uh, has to be. And there's you know plenty of those guys, and you know Drew Brees. It, he always has the big touchdown appeal, but you know, he's not going to be—he's not going to be scrambling anything. Yep. No, no, not so much. So there you go. That's pretty much everything you need to know. That was the news. All right, so uh, I like to do this every now and then in the offseason. The big question, the thing that I, I saw over the weekend that made me kind of think large picture about what happens either in the offseason or next year, and Derrick Henry, what he has done, especially in the playoffs, but even going back to the end of the regular season and, and how great he has been. But uh, he made playoff history as the first player with 175 or more rushing yards in two games in the same postseason and so it kind of got me thinking, first off, does this do enough combined with his regular season to at least get Derrick Henry in the conversation for the number one overall pick? Is he I mean, maybe maybe you don't pull the trigger. But like if we start if we're talking about this in July or August, does it sound crazy to, to have Derrick Henry in the number one overall? Nah. Yeah. I, I'm not there yet either. I, I just, don't know. I don't know about that. He doesn't catch the football a lot. That's, but I mean, that's he's, the biggest he's problem. top five. I mean, he's I, I have I have him fifth in my very ridiculously early rankings that I haven't even released yet. I, yeah, I but think, I mean, top three is top. I think he's top. Th- he's certainly in the conversation for that third overall pick behind McCaffrey and Michael Thomas. I think that's the one two you'll see go off the board is is in some order McCaffrey, Thomas, and Henry. I'm not there yet because see, I got Barkley too. So we're Saquon and Saquon's in there too. Right? I got Barkley yeah. ahead Saquon, of him too. Saquon should be. And in I there. mean, even Zeke too. Like Zeke is, you know, catches more passes out of the backfield. Yeah, but man, like Zeke doesn't have this type of just otherworldly ceiling where he's getting like 30 carries. Um, I, how I hear, long? I hear can, how long can that? Yeah, that's you the know, other, how that, long can that sort of sustain that? Because if you look at if you look at Henry's carries this year, uh, over his first what six games, he had 20 or more carries twice right and then as we got deeper into the season the carry totals have gone up i mean his last four games 21 32 34 30 yeah that's the thing you know the vo- the the rushing volume and and if henry can stay healthy on this type of volume it'll be yeah. it'll be incredible just but dudes don't want to dr- they don't want to tackle him. Ex- no. exactly have you seen him? yes i have <laughs> you, that's the thing it's like you don't hit derrick henry derrick henry hits you yes you know like yeah. he is he is the one you know giving the punishment here. Um, I, you know, I just wish Derrick Henry were just a little bit more involved in the passing game. Because right. I think I think you can make a legitimate case for him as the 101 if he were getting like two I mean, to three had, targets per game, but he's only getting like one. He had 18 catches all year. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was it. Um, yep. Which I think uh, might have been a career high. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It could be. <laughs> and this is something that, you know, Derrick Henry going back to Alabama, he was never a pass catcher, never right. involved in the passing game. And, and it's not something that's – it's not like he can't do it. It's just – He's never been asked to He's do never it. been asked to do it, exactly. Uh, yes, it was a career high in receptions, 18, which beat his previous career high was 15 the year, prior. Uh, the year before. Yeah, um, in the right direction. Does anybody – does it does it change anything? Does it give you pause – 
if Ryan Tannehill isn't back at the quarterback next year. I would be shocked if Tannehill's not I mean, back. I would be, too. Yeah. His franchise tag number is like, what, $27 million? I mean, it's a lot. But yeah. the, where are the Titans going to go with him? I mean, he's not an old quarterback. He's a guy who you could argue is entering – the prime of his career, right. right? I mean, he had, what, six seasons in, in, in Miami that, that weren't all that successful. But now he has really just found himself, and he's found a home in this offense. And he's – I mean, A.J. Brown has been tremendous. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't been – it hasn't been with Marcus Mariota under center. He was invisible for most of the time Mariota was under center. Tannehill comes in, A.J. Brown turns into a freaking all-star. So – I really think Tennessee has got to find I mean, a way to keep this guy on the roster. It, it would be, I think, a colossal a, mistake to let him yeah, go. Especially it, if they beat the Chiefs. Especially now, because they're going to have a really late, really low, really pick. low pick in the yep. draft. I mm-hmm. mean, what are they going to do at quarterback? You know, I, I think though, what's most likely is they'll come to some sort of like really nice three-year extension for Tannehill, where right. he'll get a really, really lucrative deal. I'd be pretty surprised if they franchise tag him. Um, so the other part of this is when we watch guys who who ball out in the playoffs. I mean. Do you do you factor that in? I mean, I know it's not always, you know, it's, it doesn't always translate. Some guys just get hot over a stretch. Like I think of Joe Flacco when the Ravens won their last Super Bowl. I mean, he was phenomenal in the playoffs. And I remember after that season saying, hey, look, don't go over drafting Joe Flacco. I mean, I think that's about when the jokes about elite started when all that yeah, happened. Yeah, I remember, exactly. But I remember saying, like, hey, don't overdraft him. Like, he's not going to do this. And I remember, you know, Twitter being Twitter. There were people who were angry and told me I was an idiot and that thing. Isn't and that what Twitter is? That's pretty much yeah. what it is. And, yeah. you know, the next year. Flacco was pretty average. Like he, he was, he was just Joe fun. Flacco. He was Joe Flacco <laughs> again, right? But so I look at that. I look at. I mean, I look at that. I look at the Rams, right? After after getting shut down in the Super Bowl, they came back this year, and I mean, they had they had moments, but for the most part, their their offense was just sort of average. And so, like, did the did the Patriots figure something out? So now I look at this and like Derrick Henry has been great in the playoffs. Uh, DK Metcalf. I mean, the, the the Seahawks lost yesterday, but DK Metcalf was was awesome in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Can we look at that next year and say like this is the sign of things to come, or was it like you know DK Metcalf just kind of got hot at the right time and and maybe we can't read too much into? Well, it. Metcalf is actually pretty good down the stretch. Right. I mean, he had he had really become their number one wide receiver. There was that stretch of what four games or so where Tyler Lockett absolutely just, just disappeared, yeah. and they were going to DK a time. I mean, DK is going to end up going down potentially as one of the better draft bargains in NFL draft history, at least lately, because everyone was passing on this kid and. Boy, the Seahawks just got themselves an absolute steal. So, but I, I don't know that it makes me like Metcalf anymore because I already liked him. It doesn't make me like Henry anymore because I already liked him. Mm-hmm. I think what these kind of games prove to me is that these guys can get it done in big situations, and that's always a good thing for a player because you like to see guys step up when their team needs them the most right. and produce. And fantasy owners love that as well. So, uh, staying on the Metcalf. How early are you guys taking him? I was gonna. That was gonna be my. Next Is question. he gonna go ahead and lock it? See, <sighs> it's tough, man. I, I mean, don't think he will. I don't think he will either. Just because Lockett has more of the name, slightly more of the name value, but they're more probably, of a resume. They're they're, pro- they're, they'll be close. They're gonna both be fourth or fifth round picks. I yeah, bet. yeah. I think they're gonna be close. And I was, I was watching that game yesterday and thinking, yeah, how high do you have to reach now to get DK Metcalf? And I think, I think you're probably right. Yeah. Um, are we looking at top sixty? Yeah. 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 Probably. I can see that. I can see that. Sixth round pick. Yeah. I mean, is it is it ever possible? Because I mean, you talk about DK and right. And and he was playing well at the end of the regular season. Derrick Henry's played well all year long. I mean, is it really possible for a guy to come just sort of out of nowhere and have a great playoff run? I mean, I guess it's possible. Right. But 
I would also think we factor that in. The first name that comes to my mind is Timmy Smith. Timmy Smith? (laughs) Timmy Smith? I mean, Timmy Smith, who went, but that's, is that still the record? I believe he's still has the record for rushing yards in the Super Bowl. That guy didn't do anything the rest of his career. And he didn't do anything previous. He just went bananas in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, nobody knew his name no. until the Super Bowl. Yeah, he, he played for the Cowboys for like two seconds after that uh, after that Super Bowl, yeah. and he didn't win the MVP of that game either. That he was uh, that was Doug Williams. That was a Doug Williams game. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, I guess it's possible, but I think we would also sort of factor that in, right? We're talking about draft. If a guy, you know, if all of a sudden, you know, whatever, let's just say if Travis Homer had showed up in the playoffs <laughs> and put together Travis like Homer. you know put together a couple of hundred and fifty yard rushing games, uh, I would think we would we would sort of look at that with a grain of salt and be like, yeah, you know, it's nice. I'm not rushing out to get Travis Homer. Right. Yeah. right. So, um, I, I think, I, I do think the Derrick Henry question is going to be a fun one to talk about. I think the DK Metcalf one is going to be a fun one to talk about. I'm sure there's some other guys who have stepped up in the postseason that I'm just not thinking, thinking of right now. Um, yeah, there's been plenty. Just, just, when you talk about like no names who had huge playoff performances, like Timmy Smith is the first one that comes to everyone's mind. Um, although, you know, here on the flip side, right? We talk about the guys who've done really well in the playoffs. Ryan Tannehill hasn't yeah. done much of it. I mean, he's, they he, have it. he hasn't needed to. He hasn't needed yeah, to, he hasn't right? Had to. He hasn't had 100 passing yards yet in a game in the playoffs. Isn't that crazy? That's wild. And they, I wonder, i, I got to see research uh, if, if that's ever happened, where a quarterback has won two straight playoff sure, games without 100-yard sh- passing. I'm sure it happened in, like, 1934. Right? Like that. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, the, the Tannehill thing in the Titans – the Titans are really just spitting in the face of analytics at this point. Oh, yes. They are. And I, I personally, I love it. I'm I, here for it. I did think it was funny because watching the anal- analytics part of football Twitter sort of like tie itself yeah. in knots over what happened there. Well, the New England game was was fun because the Patriots just couldn't do anything on offense. And right. they were just like, fine, you know, we'll just run Derrick Henry for five, eight, nine yards every single time. Mm-hmm. In this Ravens game, they just got a, you know, built a big lead. And essentially, Tannehill didn't really have to do very much. Didn't have to, um, which was kind of weird. I, I really thought that he was going to be forced to have to make some plays. And it just didn't happen. Yeah. It didn't really happen. Ravens offense just didn't show up. Lamar played pretty – that was Lamar's worst game of the year. Yeah. I mean, the three turnovers, not great. I mean, the, the it was one of the where the, the, the stats sort of didn't tell the whole story. No. The fir- well, the first he half – He threw the ball 59 times. Yeah. <laughs> it's well, crazy. Still put up, like, what, 28 Oh, he had a huge like game. That, yeah, points. but – right, yeah. Uh, yeah, he had some drops early in that first half that certainly did not help and kind of slowed down the rhythm of the offense. But, man, Lamar – yeah, it was a tough, tough end of the year for him. I yeah. tweeted out that uh, you know I'd said, hey, you know Lamar Jackson is 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 mortal. He's human. He's having a bad game. Uh, he still had a whole bunch of fantasy points, but you know keep this performance in mind next year when you're thinking about making him a first round pick because if you do, you're going to be very, very that's not going to stop people. upset. People I know because look the the hype is going to be there. I mean, having getting Lamar Jackson means you're going to have to spend a pick in the first couple of rounds. Yep. Like that's just. That's He's going to be a top 15 pick in every single league. Yeah. yeah Even in leagues that we're in with all the cutthroats, yeah, you think so, really? Because somebody's, gonna, somebody's going to realize, like, I'm going to have to spend some draft capital to make sure I don't get sniped on Lamar. Like, somebody's going to do it. Yeah. Um, even in leagues where we all play chicken and stare at each other to see who's going to be the first one to take a quarterback. So. No quarterback has ever had 390 fantasy points or more twice in their career, ever. Uh, Lamar and could be the first. I think the Lamar other five quarterbacks first. to score 390, aside from Lamar, 
Failed here, to score 350 the next year. Here's the thing. So there was regression. Here's the thing about Lamar. Like, he's not going to keep his passing touchdown rate up. It was like 8%, 9% this right. year. He's not going to do that again. Uh, but he could very easily run for 1,100 yards. So the, the rushing numbers go. can stay stacked. The thing I yeah. think I'm worried about uh, that I, I'm worried about the most with him is injuries. Yeah, I mean that's always a concern. It's, it's fair. But because of, because of his style of play, I feel like he's he opens himself up to to take a couple more whacks than most quarterbacks do. Uh, that that would be he's still going to be great. Right. But I just Although, I can't do it. It's against my DNA. I would to also go for I would also think that, that playing on the same team with with Robert Griffin the third RG three can pull him aside and say hey <laughs> hey. Learn to slide. Learn to get out of bounds. <laughs> like, Keep your body right, man. I mean, look, I don't know if you saw the uh, the uh, Marshawn Lynch press I conference. Did. The Take care of your chicken, man. Yeah. Take, care of, take care of your chicken. It's important, man. Take care of your mentals. Take yeah. care of your chicken. Take care of your chicken. So I, hopefully hopefully somebody imparts that to uh, to Lamar Jackson in the offseason. Uh, went through and found a handful of guys who were underwhelming, underperforming for various reasons, and want to get you guys' take on whether or not that's real or a mirage. If next year we have to worry about some of these guys – so I went through the you know, four major positions. First one, Matt Ryan, um, who I always, you know, jokingly call Matt Ryan. And like he had mm. some games that were really good early in the year because the Falcons were always playing from behind. And then he just tailed off so badly at the end of the year. But there's talent there, right? Julio Jones is there. Calvin Ridley's there. Austin Hooper, when he was healthy, was playing well. Devontae Freeman behind him is playing well. I mean, cumulatively, Matt Ryan was the uh, the QB 11. I would think his points per game average was probably not quite so great. But is this is this the beginning of a downward slide for Matt Ryan, or was this just kind of a weird year for the Falcons there? Mm, they have so much talent, like you There's mentioned. So much. You know, between Julio, who, I mean, who's, who's getting up there but still making plays, Calvin Ridley, you know, Austin Hooper we mentioned. I think they probably uh, got to start thinking about maybe replacing Freeman in that backfield at some point here pretty soon. So uh, we could see that. I, and, and just – the nature of that offense, and I still think Atlanta's going to be a team that's going to end up being in a bunch of shootouts. Ryan's going to be what he is. He averaged just under 18 fantasy points per game this season. Yeah. He was he was throwing the ball a ton. I mean, remember how many 300 yards games that he have to open the season? Right. And uh, he is what he is. Like, I mean, he's not going to he's not going to be one of the five quarterbacks drafted. I don't know that his ceiling is there anymore, but he's yeah. still going to end up being drafted as a low QB one or a high QB two. That's that's sort of he is what he is. Yeah, if he ends up being like a 13th or 14th round pick next year, which is feasible. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering no, it could be, yeah. Considering all of the quarterback talent we're going to have to pick mm-hmm. from. I mean, Kyler Murray is going to be a top five pick, consensus pick at the quarterback position. Josh Allen, D- Dak Prescott, all those guys are going to be up there. Matt Ryan's going to slip down some draft boards. And if he's really, really cheap next year, I could I could see myself being uh, pretty interested yep. in that. Yeah. yeah. By the way, our research, boy, they're good. Terry Bradshaw, 1974, last quarterback to win two postseason games without throwing for 100 yards in each. But no one has done it in three straight games. Well, he's going to have to throw a lot more next week. He's got to keep up with the Chiefs. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, the Chiefs. Well, Tannehill's going to have to keep up with the Chiefs. Go, go, I did this over the weekend. Go back and look at Tannehill's stat line against the Chiefs in that game earlier in the season. Yeah, that was a shootout, dude. Yeah, that was dude. that was right when people started realizing realizing that Ryan Tannehill was a like, hey, pretty good fantasy dude's, quarterback. Dude's playing well right now. Yeah, he was. He he was. You know, he had two touchdown passes, um, and he he was just solid. Yeah, you know he, he's just playing really good football. Yeah, and he has been. Um, so Le'Veon Bell, I mean, I think we all knew that. Yes, he was not going to put the same numbers up with the Jets that he had previously with the Steelers when that offense was rolling and, and doing its thing. But uh, I believe it was uh, Scott Pianowski from Yahoo who tweeted at some point in the season. Uh, you know, Le'Veon Bell had blank number of touches this season, and I don't remember a single one of yeah. them. Yeah, 
it was kind of that year for him, right, where he definitely didn't provide the sort of return that you expected where you had to draft him. And so now I'm wondering, is this is this a function of, you know, just breaking in with a new team, sort of getting adjusted to a new offense and a head coach? Is this the Adam Gaze philosophy at work yeah. where guys seem to be handcuffed when they play for him? I mean, is this, this is, he, man, is he an RB2 now? This is all Adam Gase to me. I, I mean, every single player that Gase has had, um, just think about it. Every, every, play, every player that has left Adam Gase in recent memory has gone on to have more success. Yeah. Kenyon Drake mm-hmm. was seriously a top five fantasy running back in Arizona to, to yeah. finish the year. Devontae Parker was a wide receiver one this past year. Jarvis Landry has gone on to have some more success Ryan with the Browns. Ryan Tannehill is <laughs> one of the most How obvious How does he keep getting too. jobs then? <laughs> well, I mean, that's... Does, does Peyton Manning that's, make you know, the, the call for him and be like... Eh. That's, that's a long discussion <laughs> about NFL coaches there. Uh, but yeah, Lev Bell. Uh, you know, for for me, it's this upcoming year is what team is he on? Because it seems like Ux. you know, go to Arian. I think David Johnson or Le'Veon Bell would be nice it, fits it, in Tampa it Bay. It seems like the front office wants Le'Veon Bell, but it certainly seems like Adam Gase uh, wants wants no part of Bell. And you know, this is something that we've seen with with Gase, even with like JHI. You know, right. he just has these run-ins with players he doesn't like. Um, and they get on his, you know, in his bad list, and he, his, for whatever reason, throws him under guess, the bus. And I just, I don't look. I, I get that. Yes, he, if he had been in control when free agency hit, he would not have made the Le'Veon Bell signing. I, okay, I get that. That's fine. But how you can still sort of sneer at the idea of a guy who, I mean, obviously he was your best running back, and he was one of your more consistent pass catchers as well. It's like, okay, at some point, it's like, okay, maybe this isn't the move I would have made, but we've got this guy in the building. Let's figure out how to use him to the best of our ability and kind of let this thing work. And, and I don't know. That, that seems frustrating. And Adam Gase is too smart for everybody. He's too smart for everybody. It's called, I mean, he's it's got called, all the answers. It's called the Jets. Marcus. I mean, seriously, I, I just don't, I don't get it. Um, Le'Veon Bell is still an incredibly talented football player, and, and at some point you hope he goes somewhere where they will figure out how to use his talents. Uh, Golden Tate, who obviously missed the first four games of the season because of a suspension, came back. And, you know, it was not great, really. Um, he obviously was working with a rookie quarterback in Daniel Jones, who I think shows some potential. But there are also a lot of other weapons there in that offense, right? I mean, we know Saquon will catch the ball a lot. They've got uh, Sterling Shepard. Darius Slayton played very well this year. Evan Ingram hopefully is back and healthy again next year. There's just a lot of mouths to feed there. And you wonder whether or not Golden Tate, I won't say he's an afterthought, but whether or not he his best days of production are sort of behind him as he sort of battles as one of the older guys in this offense trying to get some production next year. But I don't know that he was that terrible. I, I mean, he had some really good games. I remember because I, I had a stretch where I kept playing against him in different leagues. And I'm like, geez, don't <laughs> freaking putting up good numbers. I, I mean, he had, he had 102 uh, against New England, which was one of the best, if not the best performances any wide receivers had. Then he had 80 the following week, 85 the following week, 95 two weeks later, and two touchdowns touchdowns in that game. uh, Against the Redskins, he had six, 96. He averaged a tenth of a fewer point than Cortland Sutton. Yeah. So this season. I wonder if that was mainly because of all their injuries. I mean, Evan No, exactly. He got targeted a ton. And Sterling Shepard was, you know, kind of up and down. Evan not, was out, yeah, right? Not one hundred percent all yeah. year either. Shepard yep. wasn't either. Yep. Um, I, next year, I'm I'm going to be really interested to see where Daniel Jones goes in fantasy drafts because he had some just humongous fantasy performances. And I know we talked about this. I think at the end of the year, where mm-hmm. we love the Giants, you know, the Giants' weapons coming in next year. Daniel Jones is a really interesting 
kind of late. He'll be an interesting late round pick this year, just because of all of the weapons. And, and like you mentioned, Marcus, we might not know who to pick next right. season between Tate and Shepard, and maybe even Ingram. I'm working on my top 150 interesting facts from 2019, and it might even grow to 200. I don't know. There's just so many of them. But Daniel Jones had four games with 28 plus fantasy points. That's tied for the most by a rookie quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Can you name the other two quarterbacks who had four games of 28 plus fantasy points as rookies? They're, they're, they're pretty easy, obviously. 28 points? 28 plus. I'm going to say RG3. That's one. Oh, see, well, Mahomes wasn't a rookie when he took over Mahomes the starting job. Um, Come on. RG3. You know this. You know it. 28 points. I mean, I'm get what? Uh, Michael Vick? No, because no, Vic, Vic wasn't the. No. Yeah, that was going to be. That was my. Um, nope. But running quarterback. Right. It's got to be a guy who, who can run. If a I give there. you one hand, it's you'll get it in a second. Um, Like. You're, you Cunningham or you something? you have a very unique way of mentioning his name. Oh, oh, oh. Who am I? Who are we talking about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Cameron. Oh, oh Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. Uh, how did we forget about that? How do we forget Cam? Newton. Duh. Yeah. How do we forget Cam? Um, yep. Daniel Jones, huh. he's going to be a sleeper, man. I, look, yeah. He's going to be a sleeper. They, they've I'm got saying. some talent there around him. Saquon's going to be the man next season. How could I forget Cam? Cam had like, one of I the know. best rookie he seasons a, ever. He had an insane rookie season. I don't know how Why? I forgot that. Because our brains are fried yeah. from Pretty much. You know, four months of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, Brandon Cook's another guy who, I mean, I know he, he dealt with some concussion issues, was sort of in and out of the lineup. But even when he was there, he went long stretches where it just didn't seem like Jared Goff was looking his way. Um you know, he had uh, he had a really nice game in week three, eight catches for 112 yards. That was the only game where he hit 100 yards so far or, or this season. Had just two touchdowns. That passing game pretty much ran through, for most of the year, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. Uh, obviously, Tyler Higby at the end of the year went nuts for them. There's no doubt that he is still a field stretcher. He can do a lot of things in this offense. Was this sort of just a weird year for for Brandon Cooks, Graham, or is this like I don't know? Are they are they switching things up in LA? I have no idea what to do about this. Yeah, they like I you know like we talked about it just a little bit earlier. The Rams had a very weird year. I mean, they Cooper Cup was the number one receiver to start the year. He, I mean, he, Cooper Cup was the number one fantasy receiver to start the first five six weeks of the season. Then you know. Ever since then, it was Robert Woods who kind of came along and really, you know, became the Bobby Trees we expected. And mm-hmm. Brandon Cooks was kind of the guy who was never really fully involved. You know, they became a pretty tight end centric offense just uh, to the end of the year between uh, between Higby and, and Everett as well. Everett had some big games. Um, I, I, I'm not really sure what to think of Brandon Cooks because the Rams this this coming offseason, they've got some big decisions to make because they are going to be really cash strapped. And, and Brandon Cooks is another one of their contracts that I'm not entirely sure they're going to be able to move off their books, at least in 2020. So he'll be, he'll likely be back with the team. It's just, I have no idea how to value him for fantasy just because his role in this offense is, is so questionable at this point. And it also has a lot to do with Jared Goff. Yeah. Because I mean, in terms of the vertical pass attack, I mean, he went belly up this season. And so which golf are we going to get? Are we getting 2019 golf or are we getting 2018 golf? Right. Yeah. I mean, 2019 golf do not want. Sucked. Yeah. <laughs> do not want. 2018 golf is definitely a different story. Oh, uh, geez. I'm seeing Barstool something on Twitter here with Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh, yeah. You and you enjoy watching that. I'm going to watch this. I watch a little bit of that video. And he wonders like, why he doesn't have a job. I can't. I can't with, with that right now. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, who, look. At the start of the season, we were wondering whether or not he was going to be let go. If the Vikings were going to like move on from him and let Irv Smith Jr. be the guy, then they, they keep him there. And 
I mean, he had a couple of nice weeks. Uh, overall, it was nothing, you know, that, that really blew anybody away. I right. mean, this is a guy who'd been a top – he'd been a top 10 fantasy tight end, you know, three or four years in a row. This year he falls out of the top 10. And with Irv Smith kind of coming on, especially late in the season and even in the playoffs making some catches, I feel yeah. like Kyle Rudolph's run, at least with the Vikings, is probably at it. You know, the Rudolph, all of his good games came with Adam Thielen out of the yes. lineup for the most part. Yep. Um, and, and interestingly, you know, I know we thought the Vikings might move on from, from Rudolph. They extended him uh, to start last yeah, year, and yep. he's going to be on their roster in 2021. But Irv Smith, man, like he's 21 years old. Yeah. Caught like he had a sneaky good rookie season. I know rookie tight ends rarely produce, but like any any tight end that can find playing time and produce at a young age at, at 21 years old is, is going to have most likely a good career. I mean, early career production for, for young tight ends is so predictive. Uh, down the down the line, Irv Smith is a fantastic buy in dynasty leagues. I just wonder next year if they're going to hold on to Rudolph for one more year and kind of split their you know split the usage like they did last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end of the year, Irv Smith was running the same number of routes per game every single week as Kyle Rudolph. I mean, they were basically co starters, which is I mean incredible for right. such a young player. Yeah. Um, so I think Kyle Rudolph is he basically I think he's he's fading from our our view uh, as a a regular tight end. Look, I'm not. I know we keep saying that tight end is probably going to be deeper, and I guess, but I also feel like. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, this is, this is not a good tight end class. Last year we had some not, guys. We'll see where Tyler Hawkinson uh, or TJ Hawkinson, Hawkinson yeah. ends up going, uh, but like Fant, that's, that's kind of it. Right. Those two guys. I mean, I feel like even when we talk about how good it potentially can be, we list maybe 10 or 12 guys that are mm-hmm. decent starters, which means in a 12 team league, that's one for everybody, but like. One or two guys gets hurt. One or two guys underperforms, and suddenly we're right back kind of where we were last year. So I, I think I'm I'm getting off this whole tight end's going to be deeper next year thing. Like, yeah. One yeah. guy to add here. Mm-hmm. Where, where do we like? I know it depends on where he goes, but Eric Ebron is someone that's really interesting because he could go to a good team that could utilize him correctly and come back into our fantasy good graces. But man, like, I, I have no idea what we're going to be thinking with, with Ebron next year. If he goes to a good team, are you guys going to be interested in drafting him? Or or is it just, we have we been bitten too often by Ebron? Yeah, I mean, I feel like he had, he had the one really good yeah. year. The 15 touchdown. That year. was it. Yeah. And other than that, he just, he's never really produced it. And there, were, there, was, there was times where he was decent this past season, and you were utilizing him, especially when Jack Doyle was banged up. Yeah. But Jack Doyle is another name who's going to move on up too because Ebron's going to be out of that mix. Gone. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. yep. Um, Jack Doyle. Uh, last bit of thing here. So originally, I was going to talk about uh, Jay Ajayi, who I guess is working or he's he signed with an esports team. Um, what is that? Because I'm not into that whole thing. Basically, so, you play video games yeah. for a living. You play video games like Overwatch, Rocket League. So he's going Fortnite. pro as a video game player. Yes. Correct. Which Because Juju Smith-Schuster does that in the offseason as well. Yeah, Fabs, there's a lot of money to be made. There's, there's like, well, I mean, there's humongous tournaments but wait, for, these, so, so, but for these things. I, I, I mean, I, I get people can be really good at video games, but like, mm-hmm. how are you making money? Do they, do like, do people... Uh, sponsorships sponsors, come in and yes. they have tournaments? Yes. Sponsors and tournaments. Wow, yes. I okay. mean, so like, and these teams are owned, like Robert Kraft owns a mm-hmm. team. I think mm-hmm. there are several NFL owners that own a team. I know Shaq has part of a team that, that he owns. And it's a really interesting time in esports, too, because like the licensing is starting to come up and these all this stuff is being streamed. So that's just another revenue right. stream and income stream. So this is where other people watch other people play video games. Yeah, right, which right, yeah. I, I thought that would be kind of, kind of weird. And then I watch it, I'm like, oh, I'm Sort of weirdly into this. <laughs> so, uh, but so I was going to talk about that originally. Maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later. But the Oscar nominations came out this morning. I woke up. I checked Twitter. I see the Oscar noms. I see people arguing about things because, you know, again, Twitter. That's Twitter. Um, but it did make me think about, like, football players and football movies. Um, 
I don't believe now I should look this up, right? I mean, has there ever been a football movie that won an Oscar? The only one I could think of would have been like Brian's song or something, or any given Sunday, maybe, but I can't think of any football movies that have ever won any any Oscars. Uh, but it did make me think about football football uh, football players in movies and performances. Weirdly, the first one that came to mind was Brett Favre in There's Something About Mary. <laughs> and how terrible, like how stiff and stilted oh, man. his performance was. Yeah, that's Favre, though, because I remember he got, uh, he got, I don't remember what games he called. I want to say it was college football, but he called a few college football games, and mm-hmm. he was so awkward in the booth. That's just his, like, he's, he's just a Mississippi guy, man. Yeah. He, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm scrolling through this list of sports movies who have, that have won Oscars. Yeah, there's no football There's ones. no football movies. There's a lot of boxing. Rocky. There's, yeah, Million Dollar boxing, Baby. Yeah. Rocky's baseball. the most obvious one. Oh, well, no. Um, Did, uh, Heaven Can Wait, I think, is one, right? Uh, wasn't Warren Beatty a football Raging player? Raging Bull, The Fighters on here as well. Uh, does Jerry Maguire count as a football yeah. movie? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, sure. so Jerry Maguire. For yeah. sure. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, there just are. There aren't a lot of football movies. Oh, The Blind Side. Okay, so now there are a few. So as I'm scrolling through here, I'm seeing that there are more of them. Blind Side was good. The Blind Side, mm-hmm. uh, but baseball tends to, I think, dominate. Boxing tends to dominate those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Did Hoosiers win anything? I don't believe Hoosiers won. Uh, and oh no, there you go. Best uh, it, got, hey. it was nominated. Best okay. supporting actor. Uh, an original score, Dennis Hopper for Best Supporting Actor. There's a lot of baseball. A lot yeah, of baseball. Natural, Field of Dreams. Yeah there's, yeah, there's a lot of baseball in here. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I don't know. The Wrestler. You guys remember The Wrestler? No. The Mickey Rourke? Yeah, that was that good, one. man. Yeah. It was a very sad movie, but it was good. Yeah, um, but it's just not, it's not a deep, not a deep category. I don't know, is, I mean, is. My, my favorite football movies are, like, not even ones that people would, would mention, like, The Best of Times with Robin Williams. Right. And Kirk Russell, right? Was it Kirk, uh, uh, Kirk Russell, I think mm-hmm. it was? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, Leatherheads. I like that one, too. Did you ever uh, see Leatherheads? No. That, no. Leatherheads was good. That was with, like, John George, and George, George Clooney. George Clooney. Yeah. Yeah, that one was pretty good, too. I like that one. Um, I did see, I, now that I'm looking at the trailer for it, I did see uh, The Wrestler. Yeah, um, the wrestler was excellent. Leatherheads. I, I remember. Do you remember Wildcats? Oh. Yes, that was with uh, uh, Goldie Hawn. Goldie Hawn, but also it also had Woody Harrelson and Wesley Snipes together in the. Is movie. that right? Yeah, they were both. They were on the team. Okay, <laughs> I, yeah, I do remember that. That one was good too. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I'm trying to think of any really great football movies. I feel like it's hard to do a really good football movie because either it's really goofy and silly, and or it's like, was good, or it's like super over dramatic. You know, like, and then there's draft day. There's draft day, yeah, <laughs> draft day, which uh, you know, our pal Ben Liebenberg, who was the uh, the head of the photo Benji! team here, got a uh, yeah. got a cameo on yeah. stage. He did. Oh my god. Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. Wow. He was in the background on stage because they, well, if you remember, they filmed actually at the draft. Yeah. They did some yes, scenes yes, at yes. an actual mm. NFL draft, and so the the stuff you're seeing in the movie, huh. you know, it's stuff that actually it, it looks realistic because it is realistic. It is things that actually happened at the draft. I'll have to go back and see that with uh, with Ben in there. Yeah, he's uh, he's on stage, you know, taking photos of like you know Roger Goodell walking to the podium. Does he or make something. money every time that shows up on That's like TNT question. or something? We have to ask Ben. Does he get a credit? He gets like a one dollar and twenty cent royalty well, check right. every time somebody <laughs> yeah. downloads it or something. That'd be kind of wild, right? You show up in your mailbox and all of a sudden there's like a check for two fifty in there or something. <laughs> awesome. That'd be kind of cool. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I. I are there any great 
actors, like former football players who are actors. I mean, uh, well, there's one that just came to mind. I'm not mentioning. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, well, <laughs> Orinful. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, O.J. Simpson had a had a good acting career. I mean, I guess technically, the Jim Brown had a long acting career. In fact, because he quit football fairly early, right, to go act. Um, is Gronk going to do any acting? Or is he just I would gonna, think he is. Yeah, at some that's point, gotta right? be, that's got to be on his uh, his list. At some, at some point, point, he's going to act. He's so young still. Right. Um, I'm trying to think. Wasn't wasn't OJ almost the Terminator? Oh, I don't know that. I have no idea. I have no idea. I think he was. I think oh I think he was. I, mean, I, I don't know. I heard about. I heard that somewhere. But um, I mean, I guess the, the the first one of the bigger names, Fred Dreyer, who Fred Dreyer. That's right. Who for, is for people of a certain age? Oh, you remember what? Him as Hunter. Yes. Hunter, Hunter, that's right. He was like a, it was a show about him being like a detective, a I mean, police detective in L.A. The Rock never played in the NFL, but right. he played. I mean, he was pretty good in Miami. True. Yeah. True. Kind of counts. Yeah. Um, I, I oh, jeez. Well, oh, uh, I mean, Dan Marino's. Webster from the, the dad. Oh, Alex Karras. Alex Karras, who yeah. uh, not only was in Webster, but what? was Mongo in uh, Blazing Saddles. I feel like. I feel like I've seen Howie Long in a movie or two. Yes, he was in Broken Arrow, which the movie was awful. Um, but you know he was yeah. fine. Uh, broken yeah. That yeah. was with Christian Slater and John Travolta was the bad yep. guy, and Howie Long was his like number two, his sidekick. Oh Let's not God. forget about Terry Bradshaw, who I mentioned. Terry Bradshaw yeah. is in one of my favorite movies of all time. You've never heard of it, Eddie, because you're a young man. Cannonball Run. Go watch it. Some of the best and most iconic actors are in that movie. Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr. Burt Reynolds, Dom DeLuise, and I'm miss, and and th- this was also, oh, who was the actress in the movie? Who was uh, Sally Field? No, that's Smokey and the Bandit. You're no, getting sorry, I had my Burt Reynolds movies wrong. <laughs> Wait a minute, I gotta look it up. I gotta look it up. But that is one of the best movies. Uh, you guys aren't gonna, you guys aren't gonna want to watch that one. But <laughs> it's so good that, and and it's got just. I, like Rat Pack guys, it's tr- it's just tremendous. I guess we're forgetting Terry Crews, who played in the NFL for like a heartbeat. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't he wasn't Terry Fawcett. Terry Crews played in the NFL. That's who it is. Terry, Cru- Terry Crews played what? in the NFL. He was a linebacker. Played for uh, the Rams, the Chargers. Played in Washington. Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, he didn't last. Oh he didn't last very long in the NFL. But yeah. he, did we he mention Joe NFL. Namath? Ninety-one to ninety-seven. Did yeah. not mention Joe. Namath. Joe Namath was in a bunch of stuff. Yeah, um, I'm just scrolling through here. Oh, John Matuzak, man, he was sloth in the Goonies. Who was it? John Matuzak. That's who that was. That was John Matuzak. Yes, he was sloth in the Goonies. Is that right? Yeah, I didn't know that. None of these guys are winning Oscars though. <laughs> no, <laughs> Rocky Road. So, yeah, there you go. All right. That's did Carl Weathers ever play pro football? I know. I know he played at San Diego State because yeah. Akbar won't because let us Akbar, forget yeah. that. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he ever did, though. He might have. Uh, I do know um, uh, Bernie Casey, who was like a supporting actor. He was. I remember Bernie Casey as the. Uh, I think he was the principal in Bill and Ted's yeah. Excellent Adventure. So Carl Weathers did play. He played for the Raiders. Okay, there yeah. you go. That that might be. That's he a might big be the one. winner, right? Apollo yeah. Creed. And and don't forget Action Jackson. And now he's, uh, and now he was he's also Mandalorian. He, now he's Grief Karga in the yeah. Mandalorian. I know, yeah. <laughs> he's also the guy that got his arm shot off by the Predator. Oh uh, yeah. Remember that oh, one? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Dude. That's right. So all right. That was fun. Yeah. Okay. Like I said, none of these guys are winning Oscars though. So, Go out uh, and watch hey, you, the two kids in here. Go watch Cannonball Run. You're gonna love it. All right. Okay, Leatherheads was really good, and the best of times. I don't. Yeah, I think I saw Leatherheads. I kind of don't remember. Best it. of times is funny as hell. Robin Williams. It's it, it's great. It's basically uh, 
Russell was like this big high school football star, right? And Robin Williams is a wide receiver on the team. And they had a big game against Bakersfield, which was their That's rival. Right. They played, they were from Taft. And right, the Taft small, Rockets. Small town just outside of Bakersfield. And Robin Williams dropped a pass that would have won the game. And so years and years later, because he never he never got over the fact that he blew this this catch, he blew the game, and they ended up playing the game again years and years later with all the same players. One of the guys, the cornerback that he faced was Dr. Death, and he was like he was a former inmate. You know, he was in prison. And Robin Williams gets a chance to redeem himself with Kirk Russell throwing him the foot. You gotta watch it. It's I, good. Rob, like Robin it. Williams did literally everything in his career. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta watch it, man. Uh, cannonball run, thirty percent Rotten Tomatoes. So. I don't give a rat's ass <laughs> about Screw Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, you, I, the, listen, you, Fabs. I is am gonna watch you, it. I'm watch gonna watch it. it. No, I'm gonna it's watch it. It's great. Yeah. It's an hour and a half. I love Burt Reynolds. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. You've never seen it. I've never seen Cannonball. Run. Are you kidding me? Never seen Cannonball. I see. Run. I think. I feel like you would have watched that. Nope, I haven't watched it. Go watch it. So, all right. I think that's it. We're done. We've jabbered enough. We yeah, appreciate we you downloading and listening as always. You know the drill. Tell two friends to tell two friends. Rate, review, and remember, with great power comes a huge electric bill. We'll yeah, see you on Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids, no plug right, needed. Let's go. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. <laughs> you can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions, Toyota is electrified, diversified. Oh, oh. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. 
What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid back nature. He's a family man and being a country mega star while also having seven kids. You know, he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 